we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today, I am joined with Seb Sabo. Hello. How are you? Good, Victoria. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, so, what have you what have you been doing today? What have I been doing today? I have been sending a million emails, uh, and that's pretty much it. I, I I I've just been like an admin machine because um, we just released just released a song, and we're doing a gig this week on the twenty fifth. Uh, of November so I'm trying to get everybody organized for that um, which is a very exciting and very fun job to have uh, like leading a band and and organizing a show but uh, it definitely uh, involves a lot of uh, a lot of email etiquette and trying to get correspondences right and keep track of things and uh, yeah sometimes it gets away from you but yeah I feel you I feel like today's today's a big admin day I like stepped outside for the first time today like an hour ago and I was like whoa it's a really nice day I should probably go and do something and get out of the house I've just been cooped up all day yeah it's a bit like that I'm yeah looking out at the sunshine and just thinking uh yeah that would be nice to experience but alas that is not my (laughs) my Monday today it's like it'll be like a nice sunset walk situation I feel I reckon so yeah we get the best part of the day we're saving the best class (laughs) so when when did you start kind of making music and I guess what was your driving force to start putting it out into the world, I guess? Uh, I mean, besides the sort of existential dread that all musicians face in terms of letting their art be seen and heard, uh, I guess well, I'll answer the first question first. I, I started my solo project, um, I guess it was three, two, two and a half years ago now. Because uh, I was playing in a couple of bands through uni and that was... Yeah, it was fun as as all uni bands are, but then it came to a close, and I met my guitarist Jack Jack Cross. Um, it was through this sort of just magical alignment of like just like it was like it was like falling in love in a musical sense. We kind of just like we're both musically single at the same time. We weren't playing in bands, and he reached out and said, "Hey, do you want to jam?" And we'd actually met a few years earlier and decided and like the timing hadn't quite worked out in terms of collaborating but then uh the yeah the universe aligned for us and we started writing some songs and uh coming up with parts for my songs and then coming up with new things um and then yeah for the last couple of years we've been just gigging around melbourne and trying to establish the project and build the band and uh and eventually we decided hey let's let's record some of these and put them on spotify because that's where people keep asking me is like <laughs> where where are they? Uh, and so I had to sort of make up for lost time in the last year. Or I felt like I wanted to. I had a bunch of songs that linked together as a as a, a one long story, uh, and so that became my EP, which is called "Staring Out the Windows," and it is now all out on Spotify after two years of recording and mixing and promoting and all the rest um it was a very long-winded answer to that question <laughs> no you've segued into like half my question so i love it you've like prefaced it all <laughs> so oh no no uh, no in a good color, way in a yellow. good way <laughs> <laughs> give it a little insight um who who would you say um 
like are your influences i guess musically or not musically just life in general oh life in general my goodness um that that opens up a can of worms i i think (laughs) musically i uh it's it's been a slow steady journey initially i grew up listening to like big kind of stadium rock bands like coldplay and and u2 and and uh and sort of found a bunch of bands through them like radiohead and travis and and all the rest and then um i sort of through through being in the music scene in Melbourne, I, I became much more aware of a lot of folk music and singer songwritery stuff, and sort of understanding how to tell a story as an individual rather than as part of a group, which is a very different skill. Um, you have to be a lot more personal. You have to tell a much clearer story instead of like just representing ideas. I think a lot of the time that's what bands are able to do is because they're a collective unit. They're able to sort of talk about ideas within their songs and represent you know a set of principles whereas as an individual songwriter you have to uh i think do the same thing but you have to relate it back to experiences that you've had and, and have that specificity with the lyrics so i listened to a lot of bruce springsteen in the last couple of years and become i've become completely obsessed like he's a he's a hero of mine i read his book and it kind of changed my life so yeah i like having that balance of kind of a big sound from those bands and Springsteen, but also being able to tell a story lyrically, uh, I think is sort of the the motivating influences. Cool. Is the book any good? Is it worth a read? It is like my Bible. Really? Uh, not, cool. not to discredit the the actual Bible for anybody who's <laughs> to whom that is significant. But I, <laughs> this is like, I imagine it's a similar sort of affinity that I feel for this book. It just like, so... It, I you can read it as an artist as a creative person and see yourself in it. He does such a good job of um, relating his experiences to to the reader and just making them kind of easy to easy to understand, easy to relate to. It's very poetic. Um, it's I, I can't say enough about Ooh, how good that. What's it called? It's called Born to Run, which oh, is easy okay. to remember. <laughs> that's that's the best yeah the last like good biography i read was the um anthony cadis one um yeah that was the scar tissue that was really good but like probably a bit different bit heavier but like very interesting to just like see his life and how it turned out for sure i it's sitting that one is sitting on my bookshelf as well Uh, it's i have a bunch of biographies for different musicians johnny cash is another one where they're all just sitting on my shelf waiting for me to read. But um, yeah, I haven't I haven't entered my my Chili Peppers influenced uh, stage of life yet. We'll see. Takes, takes commitment to read a biography. I get so invested, and then I'm just there, <laughs> cooped up for days. So I do yeah. find the time. It's like that with any, with any book. I think you have to sort of commit to jumping into their world for for a while, and sometimes you just want to stay in your own or whatever it is. But. Yeah. So you release an EP, as you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, staring out the windows. Was that made during COVID times or was it written before? What was the process? The songs were written over the course of the couple of years before that. So there's one song, the beginnings of which were written in my like my first year of uni, which was you know, 38 years ago. Um, but the like over the course of like, from early uni days to now, I wrote this collection of songs about um, sort of young romance and my experiences with that. I was in a long distance relationship for the last couple of years before last year and 
that influenced most of the songs on the EP um, and colored them in different ways. And then when we set about going to record them, uh, yeah, we were going to set aside a bunch of time in 2020 to record the songs. We were going to be like, okay, we won't gig for a little bit. We'll just put the reset, press the reset button and we'll, and we'll go and re- into the studio and record some songs. And then the world shut down essentially like I think a week after we'd, uh, we'd laid down the drums and the bass um for all of the songs so we actually got really lucky that firstly we were going to take a break anyway so we weren't too worried about playing shows and then secondly that we'd done all of the things that we needed like lots of people in a room for yeah so then from then on like we observed the restrictions and the rules but i was able to go in it was just me and josh uh josh barber the producer for a few days it was me and jack and josh couple of days and we would just like lay down guitars and and keys and josh and i spent a harrowing few days doing just vocals all all vocals all day and so yeah it was a it was a strange experience because it it did mean that uh it sort of felt like we would there was there was a bit of a layer of weirdness to the whole process like we weren't able to stay too long we weren't able to be you know closer than a few meters in the same room uh and then with the different lockdowns like life was turned upside down so we never really got a chance we didn't get a chance to have sort of the the momentum that that you would have thought like we sort of had to go in record a bunch of stuff for a couple of weeks and then like a few weeks would go by in lockdown and then we'd have a few mixes it just sort of like yeah it was happening drips and drabs through throughout the year right and so what is what is staring out the windows what what's the meaning of staring out the windows what windows are you staring out of <laughs> uh i mean it's it's all it's all up to interpretation really i'd always enjoyed that title since i was um i think in high school like i just for some reason i think because a lot of the the songs are about it sort of feels like a, a journey in a sense like it's a literal it's a literal journey from being you know kind of 19 years old and thinking you know what love is to having a much more nuanced understanding of it by the end um but there's a lot of literal travel <laughs> was involved in those songs like wasted little time is a song about driving down the great ocean road it's kind of a road trip song and then even if break my heart and broughton street lookout are both songs about my experiences going up with somebody that lived in sydney and so there are car windows there are plane windows uh and then i'm fairly certain there's a there's a someone sent me this after we finished the record there's a philosophy term like staring out the windows has some kind of meaning in philosophy about um you know contemplating things and understanding oneself and uh yeah so it's it's all uh, for anyone who's <laughs> that's the real answer. Um, <laughs> it's the the philosophy answer. And then for anybody who's just down for a bop, it's just like, yeah, if you're on a journey somewhere on a road trip, they're kind of nice songs to to color those experiences. Nice. And you recently released, or like kind of recently, a video for Postcard. Uh, yes. How how was that day? What was it like filming that? Um, it was so much fun honestly that was one of the most fun experiences i've had as a musician and i wasn't even doing anything music related (laughs) yeah so my friend tom dunphy who's a he's a amazing videographer in melbourne based in melbourne um he i i went to him and we'd worked together before i was like hey i want to do a video for this song he was like all right i'll come back to you with an idea and he'd wanted to do this idea um involving like basically dressing someone else someone as a cowboy and having them ride a horse for, I think he'd had the idea in the back of his head for like a year. 
or something and he said like this is the this is the song to do it for because i can see how it relates to the themes of sort of like being in one place but your heart's somewhere else and so uh yeah so we we got in the car at 5 a.m on on we had two days of shooting but the main one we had we got in the car at 5 a.m and drove up to macedon and shot with a shot uh some stuff with a horse there who we couldn't ride because grace who was wrangling the horse for us uh got hopped on the horse to see if the horse would be okay being ridden um just before we got there and then the horse with all of us watching promptly bucked her straight off no <laughs> yeah so i don't know like for anyone who's seen the video i dress up in this kind of like deliberately cartoony cowboy outfit and i'm standing there in the in the middle of this field in this ridiculous outfit looking like woody from toy story and we're just watching like an experienced horse rider get knocked off onto the ground. And she was an absolute champion. She was like, did you guys get that on video? Like, I want to see it. And we were like, no, we didn't. But yeah, so we couldn't ride the horse, but we filmed some nice, nice things in the horse yeah. in the field. And then drove down the Great Ocean Road, sort of relating it back to that. Uh, and then I uh, got home at like 9, 9 p.m. or something. Um, so we filmed all around Victoria and it was kind of a nice like ode to all of the different geographical influences for the record yeah cool i love it it was actually a really nice video oh thanks um, <laughs> that, um, is, that is good to hear that is uh, yeah that's good, that's good feedback end. to hear that it was good well received yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but you're also on the voice this year um yes that um, was a thing how was that experience for you and why did you decide to audition in the first place? Well, I'll say it, I'll go in order. That was, it was a really good experience. I never really expected to have that experience. I'd, I'd never wanted or thought about auditioning for any of, you know, the voice X factor or any of that. Um, but then one of the, uh, reps for the show i guess was scouting people and found my instagram and was like hey you should should come audition for the show and so i pretty much i don't know if i should say this but i pretty much asked everybody i knew whether they thought it was a good idea or not because i was really not sure but a lot of people that i really trusted sort of said you know this could be a good opportunity for you and where you want to head as a musician and you can sort of relate it back to your overall journey and and everything and you could learn some stuff and have a good time like it's cool singing in a tv studio you know, with a big setup and lights and the stage yeah. and all that and it was just like a really cool gig that's kind of all it was it was the shortest gig i've ever done 60 yeah. seconds <laughs> short gig um but uh it was really cool i like i met a lot of really cool artists and singers up there and i learned a lot about myself as a singer because i'd always kind of written songs and always thought of myself as a songwriter but and sort of sung by necessity i'd never really thought of myself as a great singer but being on a show where you're just that skill is just isolated like that's all you have is your own voice like you have to kind of sink or swim and learn which what are the things you can do well and what are the things that maybe you can't do so well uh and so it's allowed me i think since then i've been writing a bunch of new songs and it's allowed me to like lean into my strengths a bit more which i think has informed some better songwriting so learned a lot and um yeah grew a lot as a result of doing something that kind of whack <laughs> yeah, awesome. um, yeah. and so since then you've released a new single twice over yes awesome with Greta Ray. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit and everybody listening about the story behind the track and all that jazz? It's a nice story behind that song. I, uh, I met, uh, uh, I met somebody at a party in Melbourne, uh, who I sort of was quite taken by. And then I, uh, I found out that th this person lived in Sydney. And so I was, uh, very sad, but a few months later, 
uh, I had an opportunity to go to Sydney just for a holiday for a weekend. And uh, I ended up staying, staying there. And we ended up just I ended up sending a message to this person saying, hey, are you around? Do you want to hang out? And uh, they said, yes. And we ended up spending the entire weekend together, just like bar hopping through Sydney and, uh, you know, being on beaches in, in uh, Coogee and, and Bondi and, and like that whole walk along there and just like walking through the city and all this like really beautifully romantic stuff. And I remember sitting with my guitar uh, about in a spare 15 minutes on that weekend and writing this this song about the experience because i the, the whole point of the song was essentially like trying to open your heart up again or it being almost forced open and so you're a little bit scared but also excited and hopeful at the same time of what you're experiencing and so i was glad that the magic of that moment made its way into a song that i was quite proud of and then uh a year or two later after the song was was written and and i'd Played it a few times, but not really performed it much. But then I met Greta at a, a gig. It was organized by our mutual friend, Stu. And uh, we started talking about the fact that I was working on a record with Josh, who she's also worked with. And uh, she was like, well, like, you know, if you ever need some vocals for anything, like, I'd be keen. And I was like, well, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Because uh, Twice Over had often sort of emerged as an idea for a duet. Like it, it was kind of a nice idea to me that it's not just one person's perspective on a magical kind of romantic moment like that. It's like it's, it can be, you know, two people separately thinking the same thing and realizing it in the moment together. And that's what's quite kind of nice about it. So uh, Greta came in for a day and recorded some backing vocals for another song on the EP as well as uh, Twice Over. And we just put out a live video for it, um, which is quite nice it's like a little like with melbourne as the backdrop but yeah i've been a I, I was a fan of greta's for a couple of years before meeting her so uh it was just kind of cool to yeah it was just really cool to sing with to sing with somebody that you really admire as an artist and um and yeah she's a great she's a great hang as well so it was very very cool um i saw that you compared it to the movie before sunrise um i did is yeah. one of my favorite movies. It's fact. brilliant. Uh, and yeah, it's I look. You have excellent taste. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, it was essentially it was essentially that. It was kind of funny. I because I had that experience, and then I watched the movie with this person like a few weeks later, and was like, "That's basically just exactly what we did." Like that's except wild. For, except for the ending. Like the ending was a bit different, but like. Yeah, it was kind of weird that I had that experience before being aware that someone had made a movie about it. And yeah, it's a great movie. I've, yeah, yeah, it is. I feel like it really perfectly depicts... It's just like very real, like a very real sense of a, like a rom romance movie, you know? Yeah, like they feel like real people, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you have a video for this track coming out or in the works i don't i don't know if we'll do a, a music video um i i really loved the live video that we just did it's on it's on youtube as of now um Ooh. and it was because it sort of distilled the whole experience down to just like a guitar and a couple of voices which i which was what the song started as um and uh ty from shoelace ty and connor from shoelace creative um filmed it for us and they did an amazing job of just capturing like the the sunset behind us and like the buildings and the trees and everything and so i, I don't know that we could really get the vibe any better than that so yeah <laughs> 
yeah the live videos is it's yeah i almost prefer listening to that to that like to that version of it than the studio version almost i like them both nice people can do that <laughs> I'm going to go watch it after this. That's exciting. Yeah, check it out. And everyone else should check it out too while you're at it. <laughs> um, so what what have you been working? Are you working on something new? I guess, well, I know you just released a single, but have you been working on some other stuff? What's what's the plans now that we're going into sort of the new year? So so many plans, so little time and so little money. Um, I have been doing a lot of writing this year in particular last last year was sort of focused on the ep and just surviving lockdown but this year um sort of got the writing bug back and uh so i was writing a lot of songs about like experiences in lockdown experiences in new relationships and and all that and uh so we're gonna play at at the we're gonna play it we've got two gigs this week and we're playing one new song called moments we steal which i'm really excited about um it's a bit the new songs are kind of a bit more up up tempo a little bit rockier i think um a little bit more punch uh so the plan is to start recording a bunch of those because there are about 10 or 12 of them um and sort of we'll try and figure out which ones are good and which ones are maybe less good yeah (laughs) and uh yeah and then uh keep going from there and we've got some interstate shows lined up for next year which is really exciting um but yeah, it's pretty much just record new songs, tell more stories about my uh, my sad sack experiences with love, <laughs> and uh, then keep playing as many as many shows as possible. Because if the last two years have taught me anything, it's like like for somebody that like whose lifeblood is playing live, mm. like I was like with a healthy amount of perspective. Obviously, like playing not playing music shows is not the end of the world. Um, you know, and there were, there were much rougher experiences during lockdown, but it was like it's the thing I love to do most. So having that taken away from you is very uh, destabilizing. Um, so it just means like every show from here on out, we're gonna it's like me, my and my band. Just give it a hundred percent every yeah every time. That's so fun though. It's fun to hear that people are making plans again and going places and doing things. It's crazy. It's almost too much. <laughs> like I like calendar. Like I'd have to u- get used to like learning how to use a calendar again. Yeah. Uh, like and I've been I've I I yeah I've forgotten things and like scheduled alarms at the wrong times and like yeah time became a very abstract concept for everybody for a long period of time (laughs) it is it still is i'm like what's tomorrow what have i got due when's this happening what's going on just it's just a constant it's nice though no complaints just gotta get used to it again gotta get used to it i mean yeah my mum the other day started talking to me about christmas and i was just like no, just 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 one, <laughs> i know one time please I, 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 I feel like we should just like almost like, like put christmas on hold or count like the thought of buying people presents right now and just like i was like shit i have to start thinking about those things and going i don't want to go to the shops i just feel like i don't want to do yeah, that yet i mean coles is sort of putting the putting the 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 clamps on us they've already got the decorations up what is it november they've already got them up yeah uh, we, we barely get through halloween and then and then coles have got the christmas decorations up and it's just oh. like it's just like calm down guys we're, we're on top of it yeah we'll remember freaky it's freaky as fuck um but speaking of gigs so 
I like to sort of wrap up the episodes by asking your favorite gig memory that you've played ever, that you just loved it, life was good, and also your worst gig memory where everything just went wrong and shit hit the fan. It just was not a good time. Oh, that is such a great question. Heck yeah. Because I, I feel like you have to have gigs where things go horribly wrong to appreciate uh, appreciate the good ones. So, okay, I've got I've got three, and they were all this year. One was we played at Fed Square earlier in the year in Melbourne, and that was super cool. Then the second one was at a at the Aries Inlet Music Festival uh, in March. That was really cool because Aries Inlet is sort of my spiritual home. Um, like I lived there last year, like down the surf coast on Great Ocean Road. Uh, it's where a few of these songs were written or influenced. And uh, it was really cool to go down there and play, play a music festival after 2020, yeah. where everything was shut down. We played, we played a festival. The whole lawn was packed with people, very few of whom we knew. And we managed to get everybody all like involved and dancing. And it was just, it's just like, it was exactly the sort of experience that you dream about as a musician um just playing to a to heaps and heaps of people and then we all just hung out on the beach afterwards like me and the band it was really fun uh and then we launched even if you break my heart uh a single from the ep earlier this year at the gasso and we sold that out and that was uh that was very very cool um because i'd seen people for the all of the last the year the two years before that We've been playing shows and I'd always you know, seen people with like the big sold out sticker on their posters. And I was like, if I, you know, those are my two favorite words in yeah. the whole <laughs> world of gigging is sold out and ex- ex- except in a, you know, artistic sense. And then, and then we did it and it was really cool. Uh, worst gig memory. I had a gig with my old band where I just everything that went wrong that could possibly go wrong. I forgot the lyrics to a song. It was all in the last song. Like we were an indie rock band, so we were sort of trying to make like pump everyone up, and it was like just all of a sudden a whole bunch of needles appeared and started poking holes in the balloon that we'd inflated. Because I forgot the lyrics to a song, uh, my my amp wasn't working or something, or the lead wasn't working in the guitar, so the sound was cutting out. Then so I was getting kind of flustered. Then the strap on my guitar fell off, so so I almost dropped the guitar, and I wasn't a very good guitarist at this point, so I I just wasn't able to really handle it. So I had to stop playing and put my guitar strap sort of back on. But then the lead had fallen out of the strap because the strap <laughs> so we went to go for the big crescendo of the la- like the last chorus, and the lead fell out of the guitar, and I was like twenty and just. Like I was panicking because like, I was just like, ah, I don't know what to do. And we were a three piece band. I was the only guitarist. So the whole last big, huge chorus of the last song that we played was played with just bass and drums and me just like, just sort of half pretending to play guitar. Uh, But no one, everyone knew what had happened. Everyone could see, yeah, man, your guitar's not plugged in. So, and I got off stage feeling like our music career was over, but luckily you, you sort of turn these things around because like, yeah, my guitar stopped working at a gig like a, about a year ago and I basically just like turned into, I don't know, I, I just like threw the guitar to the side and just picked up the microphone and went wandering into the crowd. Yeah, and, like, become a comedian in, the, in those instances. 
pretty much you just kind of that's the beauty of live music is you sometimes you just get bad luck and those bad gigs really just teach you how to handle those moments you know uh and so yeah i'm pretty sure like i just like sat in the lap of a guy sitting in the front row and just sung and just serenaded him for oh, 20 seconds um yeah you gotta have the you gotta have the bad ones what do you have do you have a favorite bad gig story that people have told you or that you've experienced firsthand? Oh, yeah or? someone told me there's this guy from a band called voodoo blue who was on the podcast not long ago and he um played this gig and there was like apparently a really bad smell in the crowd and like a really drunk woman <laughs> and i can't i can't remember all the details but I think he forgot, he, they finished the gig, then he forgot something and went back to get it and like walked past this woman and um, she had like shit herself. Oh, <laughs> um, but no. not only that, they went and drove to another gig, played another gig and he was like wearing white or white and he realised that he got it on, she got it on him as well <laughs> after they had played a whole nother gig <laughs> in front oh. of the crowd um yeah that was priceless i was like oh, there's no way that actually happened to you that's like oh, a shit show um literally a literal shit show. Yeah. yeah oh no that's yeah. uh, and then there were like a few where like just everyone's throwing up everyone's always throwing up for some reason like the drummer's throwing up or someone in the crowd's throwing up or i don't know just yeah. things are always going wrong sometimes you know yeah, I look, I mean, my story about a lead falling out now seems very quaint compared to all of the stories involving bodily fluids. Uh, that, yeah, uh, luckily no one's thrown up on us yet. We're sort of, I feel like we're probably a little bit more tame or our, our audience is maybe slightly more responsible, but yeah. who knows. Um, but also at the same time, when things are going wrong, because some, I mean, someone else throwing up, it's not always your problem, but so like, <laughs> like a, a guitar lead being unplugged feels like the end of the world for you personally. So it's a sad time for you. And then someone else throwing up is a sad time for them, you know? That, that needs to go on a t-shirt. You know, somebody else throwing up is not always your problem. Yeah, unless you're the cleanup crew or something like true even and even then like sometimes it's not their problem yeah. like i mean if for, like moment. yeah I, I mean that's how i would be i would say like look sure like general maintenance cleaning things fine but if you throw up at a gig like you're cleaning that shit up i'm sorry i know i've had my sh i used to work well i still do work at a bar but i worked at this like bar slash club I don't know why people were just always throwing up in unusual places and it was like in the corner as well where like you have like how do you clean vomit out of a corner like it's so hard um yeah yeah i don't know we're, we're going into vomit stories here i don't know <laughs> where we've gone but yeah people are just throwing up <laughs> that's, that's gonna be the, the title of the second ep is throwing up in unusual places <laughs> yeah uh, like emotionally you know yeah but i mean better yeah. out than in you know i'd rather you throw up than be feeling unwell it's all you always feel better after you do so you do just like it's about the strategy though like right. the yeah. and, and just having respect for anybody who whose problem you've now made it by yes. <laughs> it from your person yeah um. oh, what a lovely <laughs> end to the episode that's <laughs> should go and pick a nice place to throw up if you want to throw up and 
also go listen to Twice Over by Surf Sabo. Yes, when I when people listen to Twice Over, I want you to think about strategically placing your vomit somewhere. That's that's the lasting message. Is I want you want you to think like Twice Over vomit. Like those yeah. are the two. Walk into a room point. and you're like, where is the exit point? If I need, where's the bathroom for when I need to make my hit and run? You know. Yeah. And stream it. the song while you do it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, I usually do a little bit of a cheers at the end of the episodes. If you have any item of whatever near you, a pillow. Uh, oh, I'm thoroughly unprepared. I have this ornamental candle because um, I'm at my mum's place. So I'll, I'll cheers. Cheers. I'll cheers to you. Is that coconut water? Is it's, that um, what that is? it's actually chocolate coconut water. It's delicious. Ooh. Highly recommend. Uh, yes. I will, I'll be. Oh, this this smells amazing. Smells good. I, I will say. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, it's. It's also coconut. How about oh. that? Oh, the stars <laughs> are aligning. Well, cheers to that, honestly. These are cheers. Yeah. <laughs> cheers to, to the coconuts end to this podcast.